Hello. So Rabbi Sternberg said he's not going to come. I mean, he's not able to come today. So um, could try to learn a little if anyone wants. Let's do it. We'll do a little piece on, um, oh. Oh, Rebbe's here, fantastic. Sakia? Yeah, Rebbe's here, okay, fine, fantastic, great. Do you wanna do it? Go right. No, not at all, not <laughs> at all. That's why I called you, I said I should be home, I'll be, you know, whatever. Oh, I didn't get my, I don't have my phone on me. Fantastic, looking oh. forward. Okay, very good, Sakia, okay, thank you. You have a much better background than I do. You know, the backgrounds always makes the difference. All right, fine. The Seder. Whoops. Okay. Good morning, America. Okay. And good afternoon, Eretz Yisrael. Uh, I promised you, or I, I, I mentioned that I would like to do something on Tefillah today as well. So I'll do that. And then I want to go to the partial with with whatever time we have remaining. Okay, what the Sifsei Chaim picks up on in his parish on Tefillah over here is, is a very interesting ha'ara that he mentions in the name of the Abu Draham. The Abu Draham wrote a parish on the Siddur. He quoted for every line that we have in the Siddur, he quoted where it comes from in Tanakh. He wanted to show that everything that Chazal Oh, the Anshe Knesset Gedola, incorporated in our tefillah, has its source already uh, in Tanakh. So we say in Shemona Esrei that we say, Zocher Chazdei Avos, that Hashem will remember the Chesed of the Avos. He's going to bring a Goel to them. And then it says, Laman Shmobi so the Abu Drum brings out over here, it seems that there are two contradictory ideas being mentioned over here. Because uh, it says, again, on the one hand, it says he remembers the schus uh, of the Avos. Hainu shagu'ula tiya b'schus ma'aseyim ha'tovim, shela Avos. Well, but then it continues, maybe go So it seems that the gula is going to come because of Hashem and not in the schus of the Avos. So that, that is the question that's brought down. So the first idea he wants to say is like this, you might say, that the merit of the Avos will not necessarily be sufficient for us, to, to, to bring the Geula. It could be that that won't necessarily be sufficient. Only Laman then Gilui Godless Chazu, then through the Chesed of Hashem and keeping his Haftacha, that will bring the eventual Gula to the Jewish people. That's uh, one approach. Then he quotes over here again the, the Abu Draham, Mefarej Hesapiskazos, he explains this idea. Sheish Bashnei Mahalchim, there are going to be two ap- approaches to the Gula. But Tchil at the outset, it says in the Shmon Esrei, it mentions the chesed of the avos in connection to the geula. Klomar, what does that mean? The Abu Drum tells us. 
Zocher chaz the avos He'll remember the schus of the avos on behalf of the, uh, their descendants in order to bring the geula. Biglal chaz the avos who go He'll do it for that reason. But then it continues. Vodano omrim. See another reason for the geula be af im Thomas chusa avos. There's a the Gemara in Shabbos brings down on Dafnon Hey that there that, that there came a time in history where the schus of the Avo sort of as we would say ran out. In other words, um, it, it, went, it, went certain, it went a certain distance and then it uh, it ran itself out. He's not ready to say hello. They weren't able to go any further. Okay, so that that's the idea we're bringing down over here. So I'll call upon him. So what do we see, gentlemen? There will be a time and point in history that Thomas Chus Avos only agreeing to come to the chair of this brownies. That no. the Chus of the Avos will deplete. It will, it will, we will run out of that. You know, you can. There's just so much that you can pull from your, uh, from the, you know, from the Chus that you have. You know, you remember my grandfather. So. The, but if you keep making this mistakes upon mistakes, there's just so much you can keep uh, using that that uh, card, as we say. If you push the card too many times, it's not going to have the same effect. So that that's that idea. Therefore, after after that has depleted, or maybe go Hashem will bring it on behalf of His name. Hashem will redeem us. And on behalf of his name, I'll shame like, where does that come from? The Abu Drum tells us from a Pasuk in Yeshayo. Go aleinu me'olam shmecha. You redeemed us all eternally in your name. Klomar, what does that mean when we say this? Atahu ha'goel osonu. You are the one that redeems us. Laman shimcha, on behalf of your name. That means laman kiddush in order to make a kiddush Hashem. A very, very important line over here, which is what I want to speak about right now, you know, from the Sefer here, just a minute or two, just to understand what we're being told here. Again, the Geula can come either if that will not be sufficient, so then then the then we're saying in Shimon Esra, you will redeem us Laman Shmo. What does on behalf of his name mean? So again, he reiterates, and we'll go into this for a minute. Kloma, that means to say, you redeem us, Hashem. Laman Shimcha, because of your name. Laman Kiddushmo, you are you are sanctifying your name, Hashem. By revealing your kindness, that you're keeping the promise to redeem us. You promised the Avos that you'll redeem us. So therefore, by you redeeming us, you are being Makadish, your name to show your kindness that you are keeping that promise. So that's what they brings down over. Let's just read this inside over here. Why are you redeeming us, Hashem, in the, in the second way, Laman Shmo? Because there was a promise, that you, you made with our ancestors, and you, and you made a, a, a covenant with them. Which, which translates into practice meaning that even if there are no there is no schus in the Jewish world we don't have what it takes to to bring the geula when the time will come the schus was not there similarly if we remember the same thing happened in Mitzrayim 
the Ramban brings down, the time came, and like the Novi Yecheskel tells us, we were Aron Ve'erya, we were naked, we had no schus, we were not worthy to be redeemed from Mitzrayim. In the similar vein, he's bringing down over here, the Abu Draham, that, the, that when the time for the Gula will come, and it could be in a situation where the Jews on their own do not have that merit, Yom Nistam Belibo, there's a time, right? Like the Nabi says, there's a time when, when the Geula must come, which is hidden from us, like Yaakov Avina, the Chumash tells us, Yaakov Avina wanted to, rede- to reveal that time to the children, and it was Nistam, it was taken away from him, it's not to be known. There is a time though, the Ito, as the Nabi says in Yeshaya, there's a time. Nevertheless, Hashem will definitely redeem us. Why? Because you are the master of all meaning. You will do it because you want to. What's that based on? He's saying, like we say in the Shemon Esri. What does mean? To show Hashem's oneness. That he is in control. There's nothing that can hold him back from what Hashem wants to do. He says, this is the depth of the understanding. He's bringing the Goel, the Redeemer, to, because of his name. To reveal to the world his name, meaning his oneness. When the Gula comes, Hashem is demonstrating that there is nothing that can refrain Hashem from doing as he decides. Hashem wanted should come in our merit, right? That it's remember the schus of our avos. However, again, we may but if we don't, if we're not worthy for that. Fugolena calls us irrespective, Hashem is going to redeem us. Now, so one might think though, and as we continue on in the Shemonesh, we say, Hashem will do it out of love. So we might have thought though that what? So if Hashem will do it anyway, there might be a, a, a removal of that love in that redemption. In other words, if you'll be redeemed because you wor- you're worthy of it, then I do it be ahava. But if I'm doing it because I'm bound to do it, so one might think, chas v'shalom, that there is no ahava in such a redemption. Therefore we say in, in the Nizgaula, even if it will have to come through to reveal to the world the promise, it will still come with ahava. Because Hashem has the, the desire to do to do good with us. It is so enormous. No matter what and which way it will come to fruition, whether in our schus or because of Laman Shmo, it will be done out of love. Which is a beautiful piece over here. That's what I wanted to share with you over here. And um, that's that's on the tefillah. So now I would like, with your permission, I wanted to do a, a few ideas on the parsha. Um, okay, hopefully we'll be able to cover all of it. But uh, there's just one fascinating piece I just happened to see over here by Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, which is um, an, uh, also a very uh, eye-opener to, to appreciate this over here. The topic's not a very pleasant one, 
unfortunately, but uh, but I want to read it with you over here. The Chumash in, in this week's Parsha, in Chutzlaretz anyway, in other words, in Eretz Shul, we are in Parsha's Baloscha, but you and Chutzlaretz are, are going to be reading Parsha's Noso, and uh, it, it discusses the Parsha of Sota. What's the idea of Sota? Sota is where a husband has suspicion that that the man that the man's spouse might have commit might have had an affair with another man, which is a which is a very serious breach of the, of the marriage contract, and uh, there is suspicion, serious suspicion that the woman had commit would, would had an affair with this this man, and she and the Chumash tells it that the, she has to go to Beis Hamikdash, etc., and uh, she drinks from the soda water, and if she's innocent comes clean, and if not, so then she dies. Um, the Ramban brings down in Chumash that this, that this only occurs when the Jewish people are living on a, this is a miracle, obviously, there's not any natural law. It doesn't, this is all miraculous that Hashem is demonstrating the innocence or the guilt of, of the spouse, but it's only done when the Jewish people are on such a level that they're worthy to have such a miracle. As they're living on such a level of purity that Hashem wants to retain that. And it was just like, um, for example, um, we'll see later on in the, at the end of Chumash uh, Bamidbar, where the Torah counts through the Jews, and, it, and the way it describes it, it says, Haruveni, Hashimoni, uh, uh, well, else you have <laughs> Ryan Shim and Levi Yehud, right? Or, or goes through the different uh, Shvatim and it puts a hey and a yud by their name. And Rashi brings down the measures. Why was it necessary that there should be a hey and a yud by the Jewish, by, by, the, by, the, by the census of the Jews there? So because the Egyptians were saying that you think that, uh, that your children are really from your fa- the father and the mother, is don't you think that since we enslaved them, we also abused your, your, your wives and your mothers? Do you really think that you are descendants of your fathers? Uh, the Egyptians said, we abused your parents. There's no way that they're your, your parents. The mother for sure, but the father, no. They're, they, have Egyptian, they have Egyptian blood in them. We abuse them. So Hashem said, like we say in the Pusik in Tehillim, Edus Israel. Adisli Israel that Hashem testified. It's a shifte ko. It says they're the shvatim of Yud Hey. Shifte ko Adusli Israel. The shvatim of Hashem, the Yud and the Hey, that's the testimony to the Jewish people. And that's why in that census in Parshas Pinchas, when it goes through all the names of the Jewish people, it says like Haruveni, etc., by all the names to show Hashem put his letters there, the Yud and the Hey, to testify that these are descendants of the fathers and the Egyptians had no uh, connection with the Jewish people whatsoever. There is no impurity in the Jewish people whatsoever. So in order to keep that, Hashem brought also this idea with Parsha Sota in order to defend the purity of the Jewish people that no one should ever have a suspicion on the purity of the children. And that's only when the the Jewish people are are living on such a high level of, of Tahara that Hashem will perform this miracle Again, to retain the, 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 the tahara of the Jewish people. But listen to what Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky has over here. It says it's such a, 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 uh, such a deep insight. It says, 
It says that the husband brings his wife to the Kohen. Nira Hatam, this is Rabbi Yaakov speaking, he says, I think the understanding is, why does the Torah need this parsha of Sota? It says, it's the nature of a person, that if a person will ever have any suspicion on a spouse, that's, that suspicion will never leave that person. Never. It'll never leave that person. Unless God himself, as if to say, it's as if God would have to personally come and promise this person that she's a, a pure person. God has to come personally as if to say to testify to such a, to such a situation. Even though when it comes to all other laws in the Torah, we have a rule that the only way something has any validity is if there are two witnesses. Right? We have the whole concept, you have to judge everybody favorably, even if things don't look good. He says, right? He says, nevertheless, the husband will hear from two witnesses. The woman did not have an affair. Even so, with all the statements you can make from, you'll quote from every statement in the Torah, you have it won't work. He won't believe. This is what he says. That you have to trust two witnesses. That's what the Torah says. We have to believe it. We, we judge cases based on that. But for sensitivity, and the suspicion of a husband, it won't work. You see the brilliance of Rabbi Yaakov over here. Yeah, this even if a prophet will come, for Yagid B'Shem Hashem, and he'll say in the name of God, Shelo Zinsa Ishto that this woman did not have an affair. Harei Onu Mitzuvim Laham. We have to believe this is a Navi. Aval Ein Zeladin, but that's only according to that's by the letter of the law. That's if you go by the book. But he says V'Teva Ha'Adam, but the nature of a person, Binyanim Elu in these areas, Shelo Yetsi Hachashash Milibo to completely take out any suspicion whatsoever, the only way that'll work, it'll only have to be 100%, both of its use in reality. Therefore, he says, the Torah says, the Torah says, you come and you erase God's name. And then the woman will drink the water. This will be the test to know the truth. It's as if God himself is testifying on this woman, that she is 100% innocent. So we see over here, she is so parsha sota. The whole idea of this parsha. It's not, it's not coming to punish. That's not the objective of this of this parsha over here. Ella, on the contrary, Ella Adaraba, Lahaftiach to to make a guarantee. Shizakois tiya that this woman is innocent. Zakus gambeini balam and that the husband will believe. Belishum pikpaklal that there will never be any suspicion whatsoever. And that's why it says over here the very beautiful idea, like we say, Bezel kavonis maimer chazal. This is what chazal tell us. 
Godel Shalom, how great and how crucial is to have Shalom bias between a man and his wife, Shrei Omra Torah, that even God's name, that it was written in Kedusha, that it will be erased in order so that God should be able to testify on the innocence of this woman. Beautiful piece, I think, anyway. To show important, show biases. And how far HaKadosh Baruch Hu pushes for that, that there should never, ever be any clash between a husband and his spouse. So that's one idea I wanted to share with you. We still have a few more minutes over here to discuss some of the halachas. Um, the, uh, this is an idea that I heard from Rabbi Miller many, many years ago. And he mentions like this. So again, it's, it's dealing with Sota on some level that um, right before Parsha Sota, the, the Chumash tells us like this. It says, V'kol truma and all donation or all, all obligations of truma, that you have to bring to the Kohen, the truma, the mice, the bikurim, all the different matonas that come to the Kohen. It belongs to him. We give to the Kohen, then you have. So Rashi tells us a very important idea that, uh, you know, if a person ever has any chas um, v'shalom, uh, concerns about giving away things. In other words, um, how can I give away, you know, of my own? I can't afford it necessarily. So the Medrash tells us like this. Well, Medrash HaGoda Rashi brings out, says, if someone withholds his miser and he doesn't give, what will happen in the end will be just the miser. I'll have 10% of what he could have had. Your, your parnasa will be one-tenth of what you could have had at the outset because you, you don't want to give to the Kohen, so then Hashem will hold back from you. And then it continues the other way. But if you give to the Kohen, what you should then, then everything will be to you. Whatever is coming to you will come. One should never try to, you know, if the Torah makes a promise like this, then, we, then there's no way that uh, your person will ever be chas v'shalom shortchanged on any level. But then it continues in the parsha, and this is what I wanted to share with you that I, um, that I heard from Rabbi Miller many, many years ago. It says, ish, ish, kitista, ishto. Then it talks about the parsha of Sota. So uh, Rashi quotes over here, ma'kos of l'mala min ha'inyin. What's written above this topic about Sota? V'ish es kodashov lo yihu that those things which are holy to me, the Trumas and the Maestras, that'll be to him. What does that mean? So what's the correlation between Parsha Sota and the Parsha of, of the Truma and the Maestra? So he said, Rashi brings that over, if you're going to mm-hmm. hold back the giving of the Matanas to the Kohen, and you should know by your life, you're going to have to come to the Kohen regardless. The Havilo as a Sota to bring the Sota because the Sota was brought to the Kohen. So Emilio used to point out, he said, What's what what's what's the measures? What's Zal trying to teach us over here? Hashem wants the Kohanim were the teachers of the Jewish people. That was their role. They're, they're the leaders, they're the teachers of the Jewish people. From them, you 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 had to ask advice, etc. So Hashem wants that the Jewish people should have a relationship with their Torah 
mentors, for their leaders, for those that are to teach them. And that's why it brings down why we have to go to the base of Megas three times a day, because you, when you would, right, Tosis brings down in Baba Basra, that when you would see the Kohanim and the Avodah, you would see what's going on there, you would be overwhelmed with the spirit of, of purity and tshuva. It would overwhelm you just by the experience, just by going to the base of Megas and seeing the Kohanim and the Avodah, you would become a different person. And therefore, this is what Rabbi Miller is pointing out over here. He says, if you don't go to the Kohen, in this way, by bringing him the Trumas and the Maestras, you're going to have to go to the Kohen anyway. It's crucial. It's crucial that we have a relationship with our Torah leaders, whoever they may be. It's important, right? Like we say, everyone has to have a Torah personality that they, that they look up to and they confide in and they take their life's advice with. And, and one should never look to avoid it. And therefore, he's bringing down, if you're not going to do it, as Rashi is bringing under pleasant circumstances, then sometimes you're going to have to do it under unpleasant circumstances. And naturally, it's always better to do something in a positive way rather than a negative way. But this is it that the Torah is trying to point out over here, that it's something crucial for every Jew to have a connection with the Kohen slash Rav Torah personality. And, 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 and one way or another, Hashem wants that that should be. Helpfully, you should do it out of in a positive way, but chas v'sholem, if not, so then Hashem says, it's crucial for you in your life that the Kohen see you and that the two of you have an ongoing relationship. So then Hashem will do it sometimes in a uh, in a forced manner. But that that's that idea. And then just one last idea I wanted to share with you. It's a very famous Ramban on Parshish Nazir. There are other pieces, but uh, time uh, constraints didn't allow. But... Uh, after Sota comes the parsha of Nazir, right? Uh, which is also something, a very important idea. Um, Nazir is something that the Torah is when a person takes upon himself a, a vow not to become tame, not to drink wine, etc. The person is trying to, uh, he's doing all above and beyond what the Torah demands. The Torah doesn't demand the person become a Nazir. If a person feels he needs it, so then he's able to, to, to take this vow upon himself. Knows it doesn't have to be nausea per se, but this is a concept in general we should uh, that if we feel that in order to come closer to Hashem, I feel I'm being drawn in a way that's not allowing that to come through. Sometimes I need to create artificial boundaries. So the, we see from the parish of Nozir that the Torah allows it but it's not meant to be permanent. It's not meant to be permanent. It meant to be, it's meant to be a temporary. Hashem wants us to go back to our regular routine, but with a, with a stronger conviction. But if a person feels that he needs to become a nauseer temporarily in order to get his strength up, to be able to go back to a regular routine, but from a stronger and a, a more solid conviction, then a person has to do that. And, uh, and this is the idea. But the, so the question is then at the end of Nazir, it says that he has to bring a sin offering. And the question that's asked is why, why, what kind of sin offering over here? What did he do wrong? He, was, he wanted to do above and beyond what was asked from him. So why is there a sin offering? So Ramban brings down over here, he says, very famous idea. Hanazir beyom ilos nazir brings a sin. Vilonis parish doesn't say why. Well, Derech Hapshat, the Ramban says, what's, what's an understanding? Because this person, in effect, sort of sinned. Why is that? 
he wants to leave that level of purity that he reached. Now, again, as we said, a person, if, he's, if, he, if he develops a certain spirituality in him, he has to realize that that's something that he should want to take for himself long term. Like when if a person becomes inspired and he starts learning Dafyomi, he starts saying to heal him, starts doing many, many things. It's not something that's meant to be just for a short term. If a person has that and he wants to build his his ruchnius up, then that's something that Hashem would want it to go long term. It's not meant to be just the temporary thing that, you know, I, I did it and it was very nice. In other words, I, I went to a Yarchi Kala, I thought that was beautiful, but that's it. Now I go back to my normal routine. No, Hashem wants the normal routine, but from a, diff, from a different level. If you experience this, then Hashem would want you to continue that level. I, of course, I want you in your normal routine, but I want you to take that spirituality that you gained through that experience and to integrate that into your normal routine now, your normal routine being on a higher level. Okay, Bezrat Hashem, we should all have a, uh, a wonderful Shabbos. Are there any questions? Okay. I guess Rabbi, I mean, so Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Have a good show, Mr. Rabbi Sternberg. Uh, Rabbi, all the... Thank you. Thank you. Okay, everybody. Shabbos Kodesh. Correct. Shabbos Kodesh. All right. Everybody should be well. Take care. Thanks, Rabbi. You're welcome. Pleasure. <laughs> okay, good. Take care. In the <laughs> <laughs>